In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is a paradox in Christian living and discipleship that sometimes seems to contradict each other. The first idea is about grace and how grace is a free gift from God. And being free, it doesn't cost you and me anything, nor is there anything that we can do to earn it. The second idea, and this is the part of the discipleship strain, is that Christian living actually costs you everything. Now, in our modern culture, we like things that are easy to do, like forms that are easy to fill out or perhaps to make a meal. We simply pop it into the microwave and set it for three and a half minutes. If we're honest about humanity as a race, we can say that it has always been that way. We look for the easy way to do things, or we sometimes maybe cut corners on a job because no one will ever know, or sometimes we give some other justification And sometimes the idea of something costing you, costing you everything, is scary or even repugnant. So how do we reconcile the free nature of grace on one hand against Jesus and this call for us to carry our crosses, to look at the cost of discipleship, and then the rather stark words of Jesus when he tells us to give up all your possessions. First, we must understand that there is no such thing as a free gift. Gifts do cost people money or time or effort. Some of us understand the purchasing of gifts for other people. We must spend our money to buy what we think will make a nice and memorable gift to the person we love. Perhaps for a few of us, we craft gifts, either by making something with our hands or perhaps preparing something in our kitchens like jellies and jams or a fresh loaf of homemade bread. Regardless of either, the gift costs us something. But there is also that joy that comes when we share, when we give that gift. It gives us pleasure sometimes to give gifts. So while grace is indeed free to us, free to all mankind, as a gift from God the Father, grace did indeed cost God. God the Son came among us, which is what we celebrate at Christmas, as the incarnate God, fully God, yet at the same time, fully man. And this Son willingly gave up his life to the death of the cross for the redemption of the world, the forgiveness of our sins, and to restore us to unity with God as children of the Most High. The gift given to us was at the cost of the shedding of the blood of Christ to redeem us from the clutches of sin and death. And the giving of this gift while costing much, also gave great pleasure to God because it allowed us to be reconciled unto him. 
If this gift is therefore free to us, then we can do whatever we want with it, right? Well, no. Be the recipient of any gift implies a responsibility to be a worthy recipient after the gift is given. For example, if someone has given you a car, perhaps some of you had your parents gift you your first car. Watch out there, Miles family. Y'all might be gifting cars soon. There's an understood responsibility that comes into play. There's the fuel that needs to be purchased so the vehicle runs. There is the insurance and the registration that must be renewed and paid. But ultimately, there is the safe operation of the car on the public roadways, lest you become a danger to other drivers on the road or even to yourself. Yes, the actual physical car was a gift, and in many instances, a rather expensive gift. But that doesn't preclude anyone who drives to break the laws of the roadway or to abandon the vehicle because it ran out of gas, or to not pay the bills associated with being the owner and operator of an auto. Christ lays down our responsibility as followers of the way in absolute terms without any hints of gray separating the regions of black and white. Give up your family. Give up your possessions. Carry your cross. That is the cost. That is the ultimate cost of being my follower, and it will cost you everything. Perhaps even your very life. So beware. Be warned. Count the cost of the commitment, because once you start following the way, there's no turning around. There's no returning home to your old life. One of the problems that we run into as Christians is understanding the cost to us. It has been a problem for the last 50 years, the last 500 years, even back to the first Pentecost day. And it's this sweeping up of people into the Christian life without those people committing themselves to true discipleship. There are phrases that we see echoed all over the place, many of them very well-meaning and intentioned, but they give voice to the lie that all I have to do is say a little prayer and get baptized, and then that's the end of all the Christianity and the Christian walking and commitments that I need. After all, isn't that enough? I mean, do I really have to go to church? It's so boring. Do I really have to tithe to my parish? I mean, that's so 1900s. Do I really have to help the poor, care for the widow and the orphan, be nice? to others who ask for my help because that just makes me too uncomfortable. Isn't it enough that I put clever little memes on Facebook touting our Christian nation or have a Christian fish on the back of my car with a bumper sticker saying, honk if you love Jesus? Sadly, no, it isn't. 
being a good person isn't the end. Getting saved and baptized isn't the end. Because you see, Jesus is either Lord of your life or he's not Lord at all. Not Lord of anything. There is no second place spot for Jesus in our lives. And it's the hard work of being people in this world with all the cares and the distractions and the responsibilities of this world and turning around and placing them at the feet of Jesus. It's learning to love God supremely in first place and then put everything else in order under Jesus, be it family, be it home, it your occupation, your wealth, or whatever else is part of your life. It all comes into subjection under him. Now, in the ancient world, especially in first century Palestine, in which Jesus lived anew, possessions were an important thing, mainly because these people didn't have much in their homes as it was. Imagine going into a home from that time period or even from today and not seeing pictures on the wall. They wouldn't have had televisions in every room or knickknacks adorning bookshelves and curio cabinets. Rather, you see, they only had the essentials of life if they had that. A chair, maybe a table, perhaps a bed that was a little more than a mat, maybe some pots and some pans and some rough-hewn wooden plates to cook and take their daily meals from. Everything they had was an essential item and not a luxury that was chosen to enjoy or buy because, well, because you could. So when Jesus is telling people that the cost of being a disciple includes giving up your possessions, he is telling us that even the very essential things that we think we need comes under this rule. And then dare I ask, how hard is it to part with something that you really need? I need my car. I really need it. I need my computer. I need my stove to cook or the refrigerator to keep my food from spoiling. But what if I needed to give them up? Especially for Christ. Could I do it? Could you do it? Carrying our cross doesn't mean we carry a little burden for a little while. Rather, it is us carrying the very instrument that will indeed kill us. It is the act of laying down our lives just as Christ laid down his life for us. And we carry our crosses because of what Jesus did. What we sometimes forget about living into the Christian life is that ultimately we are attempting to become more like Jesus which means we're attempting to become more like God. 
The Orthodox Church calls it deification, or sometimes theosis, which means the act of becoming more godlike, becoming more in union with God, which is what our entire purpose in this world is, to be in union with God. We are created in the image of God, the Imago Dei, and being in that image also means that we are to be like God. So think about everything you know about Jesus, everything you know about the nature of God. That is what we are called to be. And the ultimate sign, the pinnacle of the expression of the love of God, is the cross. That's the sign. But the cross means death. And to the world, it meant the most cruel death at the hands of the state, at the powers of the world. But to us, as St. Paul says, to those of us who are believing, the cross means life, and it means redemption, and it means love. Take up the cross of Christ. Live into the power of Christ's life, but beware, beware of what that commitment means because it will cost you. And if we do Christianity correctly, it will cost us everything we hold dear. But that too is the call of Jesus to each of us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.